Has it occurred to you that the systems we live by are not designed to get results? We pay for procedures instead of outcomes, focusing on emergencies rather than preventing disease and living a healthy lifestyle. For over 25 years, I've taken care of Olympians, Paralympians, A-list actors, and Fortune 1000 companies. If I did not get results, they did not get results. I realized that while powerful people who control the system want to keep the status quo, if I were to educate the masses, you would demand change. So I'm taking the gloves off and going after the systems as they are. Join me on my mission to create a new tomorrow as I chat with industry experts, elite athletes, thought leaders, and government officials about how we activate our vision for a better world. We may agree and we may disagree, but I'm not backing down. I'm Ari Gronich, and this is Create a New Tomorrow Podcast. Welcome to a special live edition of Create a New Tomorrow. I am your host, Ari Gronich, and I have with me this amazing writer and nutritionist, Kelly Huff. Kelly, why don't you tell the crowd, the audience, a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Kelly, and um, yeah, I'm a certified health and wellness coach, and I really specialize in helping people with stress and anxiety. Um, gut health issues and how they're all connected. Um, I love hiking and being out in nature. Cool. So how did you get involved in the health industry and especially in the nutritional side? So um, going back a little ways, how what kind of sealed the deal for me was really my daughter who has autism. Uh, my daughter is, she just turned 14. And um, so it's basically been a 12 and a half, 13 year trek um, with her, with finding out she had leaky gut, dysbiosis, a lot of gut issues going on that were affecting her um, behaviorally, um, as well as, you know, she just didn't feel very good. So how did you find out that there was a connection between her emotions and how she was feeling and, and acting and gut health? So when we, when we first learned that she had uh, the gut health issues going on along with her autism, um, you know, autism was new to us at the time. We didn't, we weren't familiar, um, but we found out um, kind of quickly then that really most kids with autism have a lot of gut issues um, and whether it's the chicken and the egg, you never know. But um, so we, really researched and sought out what could we do for her to um, help improve her health and her behavior um, more, you know, than just, she, <laughs> she's kind of stuck with this. So what were the benefits that you guys have seen based on changing diets and plans with her? So um, definitely behavior. She will be, you know, in a much better mood um, as well as she sleeps better and also she has um, a seizure disorder. And when we did like a modified keto diet for her and added in some supplements that were really good for gut health, once her gut was more in order, those seizures really started going down, which was great because they're terrifying. Yeah, I can imagine, I can imagine. So what is it that you really want people to know about when it comes to, you know, you as a health coach, as a person who, deals with nutrition on a daily basis what is it what's the most important thing for people to know 
Um, you know, uh, there's many very important things. Um, but the, the thing that pops out in my head when you say the most important, I would think, you know, get off that standard American diet because that is really bad. It is the sad, the standard American, and, and it's sad for you. It really, it makes you feel sluggish and gross and, you know, you're, you can't think clearly, you get brain fog, all of that. Um, and so, we, you know, adding in, I always like to have people add in more and more good, healthy foods and then start, you know, slowly taking away the things that aren't that good for them. But that's a really important piece. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know, that can really affect their mood and affect, you know, how well their brain's functioning. Absolutely. So what about the standard American diet? I mean, like, think about it. You're, if you're talking to people who are eating that standard American diet on a regular basis, they probably don't really know what exactly about that plan and about that system is so broken. So mm -hmm. why don't you enlighten the audience about what about that system is really broken? Right. Okay. So um, I would say the first thing would be like chemicals, chemical added preservatives, add additives, food coloring, food dyes, um, neurotoxins, really basically for, for people. Um, and so when we're talking that, it's, you know, you're talking, you know, Doritos, the nacho cheese Doritos and, you know, pop and all of those things. And, and, you know, really, in my opinion, diet pop is even worse than regular pop. If you really want some pop, have a little bit of regular instead of adding in even more chemicals and additives. Yeah, I would even go further and say find the soda if you're going to have soda that is either got uh, cane sugar. Cane sugar, yeah. Right, and it's or, you know, organic. organic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or um, monk fruit. There are some some keto sodas, I guess, yeah. that are coming to the market right. that have no sugar, but they're right. not the artificial sweeteners uh -huh. either. Yeah, even stevia, a stevia soda. You know, no, we want to steer away from all that. But if it's somebody who you know they drink a six pack of Coke a day, you you're going to be hard pressed to tell them you have to stop having that completely. You're going to have to kind of back them off. And like you say, then you can replace it a little bit with some of these other things. So, um, you know, that's one thing, one aspect, right? So the chemicals, the preservatives, all those other things you're adding into your body that your body doesn't want um, with the standard American diet. And, of course, loads of carbs. You know, you're not getting more proteins, more plants, all of that type of right. thing. So talk about the fact that there are no essential carbs, <laughs> because I think the people think, especially based on the food pyramid that mm -hmm. they've been indoctrinated oh, with, yeah. that carbs are the most important thing in your diet. Right. So the fact that there's no such thing as an essential carb mm -hmm. might be an interesting fact for, yeah. for some people to yeah, learn about. Yeah, for sure. Right, because if you think of this, that standard pyramid that we've seen for ages, right, um, really that thing should be tipped upside down, you know basically. Um, yeah, carbs in the form of leafy vegetables and, you know, sweet potatoes and things like that. Those are fine and dandy. But yeah, lots of the, the white, all the white stuff, the refined carbs, uh, you know, full of gluten, and then just turns straight to sugar in your body. Right. So I've talked a lot about gluten and mm -hmm. the fact that gluten itself is a poison and you may not be gluten intolerant. Right. Um, 
to the level that some people are, but everybody is in, you know, gets an inflammatory response Absolutely. to gluten. So why don't we talk a little bit about gluten and what they do, grains and what they do, and why the fallacy is there that grains are so important mm, and, and right. so on. Right. So I love that. Um, I, I did actually talk about that a little bit in my book about gluten and, you know, it, it makes some people sad to even hear that, but <laughs> it's really not good for anybody, right? I mean, you know, yeah, some people are way more tolerant of it, but as it builds up in your system, it's really not good for you. Um, it's not good for anybody. And especially because anymore, you know, most any wheat, therefore gluten you're going to get a hold of is going to be GMO. So you're going to have the glyphosate in there, full of pesticides, you know, very bad for your whole digestive tract. Right. So most people don't really understand what glyphosate is or what Roundup does to... Mm -hmm to food and what it means, what genetically modified means, really. They, they don't understand necessarily the whole nature of what genetically modified is right. and what the difference between hybridization right. and genetically modified is. Right. So can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so yeah, in the GMO, um, in the seeds themselves, they uh, genetically modify those actual seeds. And so even though they may not have already sprayed something on it as it's grown. They haven't come back by and sprayed. It's already in there. You are not getting rid of that. It's a part of the plant. And so no, no amount of rinsing it is going to get rid of it. And so that gets in your body, and it's very hard for your body to get rid of it. And, of course, it's a neurotoxin as well, as well as it's bad on the digestive tract, and it can cause cancer. Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I like to get into the history of, of certain things, and uh, the history of that company mm -hmm. is an interesting history. They, yeah. they were responsible for things like the Manhattan Project, um, but even prior to that in the United States, they were responsible for the gas that went into the gas chambers Right. Uh, in, during the Holocaust. They were responsible for the... Um, or Agent Orange during the war and mustard gas, right? So they were actually the chemical manufacturers and now they pretty much own something around 90% of all the food in the entire world. The whole food chain. The all entire the food in yeah. the entire world. And I believe that they just last year merged, were allowed to merge with Bayer. They did who is a pharmaceutical company, which is a one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. And Bayer happens to be now also, it's a German company as well. Mm -hmm. And so almost all of our pharmaceutical products that are designed to treat us when we're sick right. are made by the same company that's making our food, which is making us sick. Right. Right? Absolutely. So, audience, I want you to really kind of get this, how things connect and how things tie, tie down because this is a really important fact. It is. For people to understand is that their entire food chain is being controlled by one company that right. also controls a major percentage of the pharmaceutical market. Right. 
right? Because they can get you with their chemicals one way or another. <laughs> well, it's it's definitely a way to, to continue on the cycle of, of business. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So wasn't that illegal for, for companies to conglomerate this that way? Didn't we, have a, didn't we have a law? Yeah. I thought we had a law about that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You know, but deep pockets get far, unfortunately. This is this so, is true. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. So so what would you say to the average American or even, you know, consumer worldwide mm -hmm. that's eating this kind of food and may not know what it is or why it is, what would be the things that they can look at to mm -hmm. tell if the food that they're eating is safe or if it's going to make them sick, even if it's a long-term sickness? Right. Okay. So um, my answer on that offhand is twofold. One would be um, every year the Environmental Working Group, EWG, does a Dirty Dozen Clean 15, which is a really good um, list for people to go off if like, because I, I have a lot of clients that will say, well, we can't afford to feed our whole family organic food and things like that. Um, so if you at least look at this list, it, it's helpful. That way, the, the dozen that year that are the worst, you can stay away from and be sure you get organic. And then um, the clean 15 is basically, yeah, there might be some residual pesticide, et cetera, but it's a lot less. So it's a better, you know, better way to go. Um, for people who aren't, don't you know, go totally organic. Um, and the other thing would be um, there's the things to look for that are mostly GMO, corn, soy, wheat, sugar beet, all here in the U.S. at least. Um, those are very, you know, highly GMO. Right. What's the difference between sugar beets and beets? Uh, sugar beet, they actually get the, get the sugar out of it. A beet is actually grown in the ground, and primarily it's, you know, going to be the red beet or the golden beet that's totally different. Gotcha. So, you know, when you hear beet sugar, you don't have to be worried about juicing if you're, say, a raw foodist. Right. We juice a lot of beets. Yeah. Beets themselves right. are great, yes. So, you know, don't get those two mixed up. It does sound confusing, yeah. Basically. I understand that, right. Cool. So those are a couple of ways, you know, just to know, like in general, these crops tend to be bad. So if, especially, you know, it's back to the gluten. So the gluten's not good anyway, but if you're going to eat wheat, you want to have organic wheat, you know, and especially, and if you don't have the refined wheat, like you have the actual just stone ground wheat, that's way better for you. Um, then I'm not, I'm not promoting it because I don't think it's great, but I'm just saying uh, it's easier for some people to think, well, I can't possibly do all of this, and so they just want to give up. And so you want to kind of highlight, like, if you start with these things, it's going to be the most helpful to you and, and easy for you to do. Right. So here's my problem with, with grains, and this this is a general issue with, mm -hmm. with grains, right. is that let's, let's say, take the scenario that we're taking a mineral supplement and trying to get the minerals right in our bodies. Right. And then we eat a uh, whole grain bread because it's marketed as uh, as healthy or healthier alternative. Right. Right. So those grains absorb minerals. 
and then pass them through you to where you don't get to absorb the minerals because they're very spongy. If you look at, you know, look at a piece oh, yeah. of bread, yeah. look at a piece of, uh, you know, uh, crumb cake, any of those kinds of things, they're kind of spongy. Cakes, breads, pastas, spongy. Yeah. So spongy absorbs, it's absorbent, right? right? We, can, we can all kind of get with, with sure. that. And so if you're taking a mineral supplement while you're also eating breads and glutens and carbs and grains, right. you're literally flushing down all of the money that you're putting into those mineral supplements. Right. You're flushing that down the toilet. Right. Right? Yeah. So this is just one of the reasons why. Now, if you if you have mineral deficiencies of any kind, like iron and you're anemic, if you know you have insulin issues, if you have, you know, those are all because of mineral deficiencies. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, eating the bread doesn't necessarily equal a good, healthy right. response to the other things that you might be doing. It actually might harm that response, even if you're not getting a massive inflammatory response to right. where you recognize it, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and especially too with the, if you're saying somebody who has um, a blood sugar issue or an insulin issue, they really, they shouldn't be eating bread anyway. You know, that, that's not, that's very counterproductive. Right. So, you know, on many levels. Yeah. Right. So, you know, give a, give a few recommendations on what it is that you'd like to see happen within the systems. Like if, if you're talking to a government employee right now, mm -hmm. which I love talking to government employees that have control over whether they're about to be able to put more chemicals in our environment or less. Oh yeah. Right. So I, I love talking to the government officials, but let's say we're talking to some government officials right now. Mm -hmm. And we're giving them some solutions to the ills of bad health and the systems of agriculture that we're going through currently. Right. right? What are some solutions that you would suggest? Well, that's a big one, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the big question. I know. Um, what I don't know is if they're if they're going to listen, and it and it does depend on right who is it. What, are, what is their lobby toward? Um, what's their propensity? Um, but what, what do I think could be done? I mean, definitely don't let anything else get added that is bad for us. Absolutely. And I don't know, because it is such a deep pocket issue, if you're going to get that reversed on the whole GMOs and the whole seeds and everything like that, um, that's tough. But maybe they could be touting organic foods maybe they could you know be that could even be part of if not part of the new food pyramid even if it could just be they could at least as a public service message talk about chemicals in the food and you know eating organic or things like that um that wouldn't be that hard for them to do but i don't know that they have a slant to do that right so I, i'm an idealist so i believe that anything is possible Sure. As long as enough people force it to become possible. Right. Right? Yeah. And so the things that I'm looking at being possible, for instance, let's say, is hydroponic gardens oh, yeah. in local communities. 
Absolutely. Because you can control what is put in. You don't need the pesticides right. because it's a controlled environment. You can grow it year round. You put it into farmers markets, you put it into high schools, you put it into elementary schools. And now all of a sudden you have free labor because you're teaching the kids how to grow food. Right. Right. So this is just one of many possible solutions. If you're in a big city, there are now skyscraper gardens. Oh yeah. Which is really exciting. Right? That feed that can feed an entire city. Mm -hmm what it needs because you can create you know different levels with different kinds of food so you have right. a lot of variety yeah. and it's all hydro and aeroponic this is a solution to big cities my favorite I one like i that. think my favorite one is in parks public parks there's land right right yeah. so every other tree instead of being an oak tree or a pine tree which really doesn't do a lot for our health right or for our food supply mm -hmm. apple tree orange tree figs you know uh different trees inside a park that's your real fast food now oh yeah right a, yeah you can pick a, pick a fruit off the tree mm -hmm. you know if you're homeless you have plenty of food to eat yeah right could help doesn't solve problem yeah, it doesn't solve the homeless issue but no and at least gives them some food. They would have some food, yeah. Right? Right. You can, I, I was thinking, like, I wanted to create a mass movement of people throwing berry seeds all over the freeways, you know? So the sides of the freeways like are it. covered in fruit. Yeah. Boy, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? You get, you know, you pull over for a quick Absolutely. break. You get a, you know, get a fruit off a tree, you get mm -hmm. a couple of handfuls of berries, and you Absolutely. go on your way all nicely energized. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There are so many solutions. And, and yeah, it's not like that couldn't happen, right? It's not like this couldn't be a thing. Right. It's not like it would be very difficult. Right. It's not like it would cost a lot of money. Right. So I'm, I'm talking Absolutely. to you, governors, senators, yeah. <laughs> government officials. If you're in charge, you're being talked to right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and like you're saying, it, it's not going to take that much. It's certainly not that much money. Definitely not. Um, even labor. I mean, and you could probably get the whole community to go out and do the actual planting and everything. Right. And especially so. if you're feeding. Now, look, look at it from a different angle. You're feeding the community in which you're living in. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Food's not being transported as right. much. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. That's really good. Right. So we're saving gas. Mm -hmm. We're saving energy and electricity and, and other kinds of units of things that we would normally be wasting. Right. Right? Yeah. So what else can we do? Just let's give them solutions mm -hmm. to the issues because I yeah. think most people know that there's an issue even if they don't know what that issue is. Right. I think they know that there's an issue mm -hmm. right. with our health, with the, the, the world you know, with our food, with, with those things. Government, you know, if you wanted to save money, you could probably stop subsidizing food that's unhealthy. Because most of the people, I don't think people realize that they're being fed food, the cheap food, that is actually a lot more expensive than some of the other food that you could be eating that's right. healthier. Right. But it's cheap in the stores because your tax dollars are being taken for them. Absolutely. I think people don't know that at all. So they don't know about that. You're being enlightened. You're you're paying for it one way or another. And definitely at the end you're paying for it with bad health. 
Absolutely. You know, which of course is going to cost you a lot more in the long run. Absolutely. So if, if I were to take a step back now, and I'm just going to spotlight on you and your background, what you've been able to do, and what your message really is to people. What, what would you say? Well, so, I mean, my main message, I'm out to give people hope, um, and I'm out to help people um, know that there is something more they can do. Um, I always want people to be asking, what else can I do? Because that and throughout my life's journey and the things I've been through, um, which has been many very major things that most people might go through one, but I've been through like four. Um, what else can I do? That question literally saved my life and the life of my daughter, figuring out what else can I do and not just take that blanket. Here's all there is. You can't, you can't accept that as the answer. So if you have an issue, an underlying health issue, autoimmune issue, chronic inflammation, chronic stress, anxiety, gut issues, any of that. It doesn't matter what your particular issue is. There's always something different, better, and more that can be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, let's go by symptoms. If you're experiencing, if you're experiencing <laughs> foggy brain, bloating, gas, crazy heat, and then cool, your temperature is deregulated. If you're experiencing symptoms of diabetes, and insulin-resistant heart disease, chronic pain, you too could be affected by the SAD diet. It's so true. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about like brain fog and things like that. I've been uh, told recently that they're trying to reclassify Alzheimer's and dementia as type 3 diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk Absolutely. about that a little bit because this is affecting, I don't know, my grandmother had Alzheimer's. She didn't know who I was for the last, I don't know, maybe almost 10 years yeah, of her gosh. life. Yeah. Couldn't speak English anymore. Really she could hard. only speak uh, Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, she had no idea who she was other than the 16 year old and before girl. Wow. So it's very personal for me. Mm -hmm. You know, how would, how would you suggest somebody who's experiencing dementia and Alzheimer's and brain fog in general, they're mm -hmm. going to work and they're going, what am I supposed to be doing here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, what would you suggest to, as a change to their, to their plan that they can do Right. immediately to start feeling different and better. So um, on, on the lighter note of brain fog versus dementia, Alzheimer's, all of those types of things, because those are a heavy, heavier issue, although the same types of things absolutely affect it. Um, but somebody just experiencing brain fog, you know, something they could do would be, number one, cut out sugar, and then number two, cut out the, the refined carbs that turn straight to sugar in your body, because that all leads to brain fog. Um, another thing is uh, good, you know, having enough good, healthy bacteria in your gut um, versus unhealthy bacteria um, because that's dysbiosis when you have too much bad bacteria. So adding in better. How, how do they do that? How do they do that? Um, they can do it by particular strains of probiotics with prebiotics with them. Um, as well as fermented foods, which have pre and probiotic foods in them. Like kimchi and sauerkraut? Kimchi, sauerkraut, yeah, those what are else? great. Um, well, kombucha, 
Um, there's, there's a variety, a big variety. Um, and I teach fermented foods classes that people can make them at home on their own and realize it's not that hard to do, which is really cool. Um, but those also eating, you know, all, a lot of the good plants and getting a big variety because you're getting some pre and probiotics that way. Um, and especially if it's organic and you don't want to wash the crap out of that organic food, you actually want some of that good soil on there because it's actually good for you and you're adding in good bacteria that way. Yeah, remember when you were a kid and you used to have mud pies and the mud mm -hmm. pies were tasted like dirt because it was actual mud? Because it was dirt, yeah, yeah it but was, it was actually that, good for you. That actually kept <laughs> your immune system really well strengthened absolutely right yeah this whole thing it's about, so good for you this whole thing about yeah. being antibacteria anti i mean right. virus is a bad word these days but antibacteria antivirus antifungus it's, it's, oh yeah absolutely I mean, mm -hmm. these are right. things that we've learned fungus created right. penicillin right it was really good for you you know uh magic mushrooms psilocybin that helps people with PTSD, with emotional trauma release, with all kinds of, right. you know, health issues, right? Yeah. So this is something that we've been taught to avoid. Right. But we love mushrooms in our, in our food, oh, in yeah. our steaks. Right. Our oh, I mean, yeah. Saute so, a mushroom. Yeah, that's great. Exactly. So it's not avoid these right. things. Right. It's, it's actually, these are the things that help keep us healthy, that they've been telling us the system's been telling us we need Absolutely. to avoid right right yeah when everything's just so sterile and you have you know you're you're actually getting rid of your good bacteria as well then and you don't want to do that right even i was told recently um mouthwash if it's got that high alcohol content in the mm -hmm. mouthwash mm -hmm. it'll kill all the bacteria in the back of your mouth mm -hmm. right and all that good bacteria that's in the back of your mouth is the stuff helping to keep you from getting heart disease? Right. right. It does. And it also, that is actually what also keeps you from getting actually sick. You know, you want all the good bacteria to be so, there. You so, don't want to wipe it out. Right. So then how can we get the good bacteria and get clean smelling breath instead of garlicky, oniony, <laughs> mushroomy breath? Well, you know, minty is fine. You just don't want to have the alcohol base. And you don't, fluoride isn't good for you either. Um, just, you know, mint, baking soda. You can use a little essential oil. You know, you're actually getting your mouth clean, but not wiping out. Maybe your, a little activated charcoal in there, some turmeric. Right. MCT oil is great. Mm -hmm. Anti, you know, but in a good way. Antibacterial, fungal, viral, all of that. But it's not going to kill off all your good stuff. So, yeah. These are, these are really amazing gems. I, I just want the audience to really get the grasp of what they're getting here because we're getting, we're getting into the nitty gritties of food choices and lifestyle choices that people can, can make Absolutely. in order to really alter their health. Because, you know, I know for me and my story, I, I went so many years trying so many things and having Dr. Google let me down <laughs> one, one search after another. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. And so many people are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They're, they're listening to Dr. Google, who changes 
you know, tune every like week or algorithm. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. And and one Dr. Google is way over here and one is way over here. And so then it leaves the average person not knowing what am I supposed to believe. Um, and part of my whole thing is I've waded through all the shit so you don't have to. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that. It wasn't what I was going to do. I'm not a fan of wading through shit, but um, what I what I am a fan of is is getting to the nitty gritty of this stuff. Right. And you know, like, what's a really good argument for eating grass fed organic beef and um, and meats in general? Mm -hmm. Rather than eating <laughs> the standard meat diet, the feed standard meat, yeah, right, feed meat, right. And just one of those, based on what you're saying, mm -hmm. is the antibiotics that they're giving the cows oh. are then going into us, killing our good bacteria. Absolutely, right. So and talk a little bit about how that how yeah. that wreaks havoc. It wreaks havoc on your whole digestive system and your gut health. Again, you want all the good bacteria you can have. And to squelch down that bad bacteria. Um, yeah, the cows literally that are on the feedlot, um, they actually have a thing right in their ear, and it's an injectable um, antibiotic that they get this slow dose of the entire time they're there. I so don't the think people realize that. So it's basically like a, a diabetic's insulin, insulin pump. Insulin pump, but it's an anti <laughs> antibiotic pump in their ear that they get the whole time that they're there. Um, and so you know, even if he might have been out on a pasture, you know, for part of his life, he's now been moved here and he's here a good bit of time um, just taking in all these antibiotics. Now they're going to, you know, slaughter him. And now you're, you are definitely ingesting those antibiotics. Right. So that whole saying, you are what you eat, is, is not quite true because you're not a cow, but right. you will be one if you eat one of these. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it, it is you are what you eat, but you are what you are eating ate as well, you are right? You're eating ate. Or, or where your plants are sitting, right? Yeah. Either way, you're, you are getting whatever that is as well. And it's not just, oh, well, that's fine. It was in him. It doesn't matter. No, you're literally taking that in, and now you are consuming that. Yeah, so I was listening to a paleontologist once, and uh, we were at a, at a dinosaur park. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think it was my son's birthday, and somebody asked a question about the dinosaurs that are, you know, meat eaters versus the, those that are vegetarian, and you know, and the, the guy said, "Well, the dinosaur who eats the vegetarian gets all the nutrients of the vegetarian, you know, dinosaur because right. they're they're getting what that dinosaur ate." Right. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So even if they never eat a plant, they're getting all the plant nutrients right. through through the meat. That was really fascinating because mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, especially in this culture that we've been moving towards, which is vegan vegetarian, which I don't think is is a bad thing in and of itself. Right. It's a necessary thing because we absolutely never ate the amount of meat that we're eating Sorry. as a nation daily. Right. If I eat meat a couple times a week, mm -hmm. that's a good amount that's kind of more on par, right, right with our traditional diet. So we're not supposed to be eating three meals a day of, of meat. Right. But if we're eating meat that's not 
been raised on a pasture eating grass, but has been right. raised in a feedlot or one of these places where they've got the antibiotics, yeah. you're literally killing your gut, oh, which yeah. is killing your brain. Right. And Absolutely. how does it kill your brain? to kill your gut? Well, because your good gut bacteria absolutely sends signals to your brain all day long. You know, gut to brain, brain to gut, but more gut to brain. And so, you know, a lot of people don't know about that. More and more people have at least heard of it, but um, highly important. And like with what you said earlier about the dementia and everything, um, when we are consuming the chemicals, lots of gluten, all of that affects your brain. And all the other, you know, the chemicals are very neurotoxic, very bad to the brain. Yeah. Absolutely. That is that is for sure. So neurotoxins, let me let me just kind of get to that because we talked about fluoride when we were talking about toothpaste. And you know, I just want you to know the history of fluoride in water supply. Mm, yeah. Because in water supply, they know absolutely one hundred percent that it does nothing for teeth. It only works for teeth if it's directly applied. And even that is questionable as far as the form of fluoride that's mm -hmm. used. Right. But fluoride was used originally by Hitler's you know, army in order to control the soldiers. Mm -hmm. Because the soldiers would be a lot more suggestible <laughs> to their orders when they're neurotoxin level was lower. It basically made their cognitive fun function mm -hmm. and critical thinking skills drop and diminish so that they'd be more easily considered cheap. Yeah. I know that's not a, a, a necessarily nice word, but it's yeah. the word that, that they would use. They could be used. manipulated, they could, yeah, be manipulated. they could be herded mm -hmm. right. as cheap. Right. So I don't know if you've noticed this. But I've noticed it. The amount of decline in cognitive function. It's horrible. Critical thinking, common sense, and the ability of a nation or a world to be herded. Mm -hmm. right? right? We've seen that a little bit lately. Oh, yeah. For sure. I'm not going to talk about why we I saw this lately. I don't know what it was <laughs> that, that caused 2020 to, oh, to become gosh. an interesting experiment in herd mentality, her, right. her yes. immunity, her mentality, right. her being herded into our stables, so right. to speak, right? Yeah. So if you were wondering what that might be, it could be the fluoride in your water. It, it could be... It certainly contribute. It yeah. could be the pesticides in your food. Oh, it could be oh. all of these things that can contribute to cognitive decline. Absolutely. Have you noticed... Cognitive decline in your friends and family? <laughs> At least a little bit. A little bit? Have, have <laughs> yeah. you noticed it? I'd say in general, yeah. The population at large, yes. I, I, I know what you're saying, yeah. Do, do you know that in the late 1800s, early 1900s, a fifth grader going to school is learning about the same material as... We're learning in freshman year of college right now. That's crazy. Is that, <laughs> is that a little odd? That's really odd. Is that a little odd? Mm -hmm. I think it's odd. Absolutely. That yeah. we have declined so much mm -hmm. in our cognitive function mm -hmm. that we can't even, they're not even teaching us. And I think part of it is that we like our children to be children. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> At least a little bit. I'm not sure I'm not sure if that was how nature intended it. Right. For for children to be children for so long. For so long, yeah. You know I understand that. Um, you know, also in the eighteen hundreds, right? They didn't have the distractions. The, I mean just everywhere distractions. This, this is true. This, that, the other it didn't go as fast. Squirrel, this I mean, people are just like go, go, go. And I, I do think that's part of it, too, is just um, I get the kid part, which is a little different, but still just the stress level that everybody's under also affects the brain immensely. Yeah, I was I was watching it or I was reading a book to my son. I, I read him these books that called the value books mm -hmm. and they all have a different value and then a historical character that emulated that value. OK, so we just did understanding with Margaret Mead. OK, cool. And. Margaret Reed, if you don't know, she was a famous anthropologist who went to different islands. She was the first anthropologist to actually go to where the people are that she was studying and live with them amongst them. So before that, they, you know, anthropologists would study in books. Right. They never went out to the location to study. But she went to the location. So she went to the Samoan Islands. And on the Samoan Islands, she found that they raised their kids a very certain way. By the time they were six, they were already starting to learn how to cook and take care of the younger siblings and do all that. They still had their playtime, but they had a lot of responsibility. By the time they were 13, they were basically able to take care of an entire family and, you know, look at getting married. They were able to choose their partner, their wife or, or husband. Mm -hmm. And uh, they found that as adults, they were really, really happy. That's great. Um, and then she went to another community, and the kids had no responsibility. They were just able to play all day long, all the time. Right. No, no responsibility. But they didn't learn how to live right. as adults. We mm -hmm. call it. We call this now adulting. 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 Yeah. <laughs> adulting. This is this is a term we needed to use. Adulting. I'm adulting now. Adulting. Yes. Are you adult, are you adulting? I'm adulting. adulting. Yeah. So they found that those people as adults were miserable, angry, not having fun. They didn't like each other. Mm -hmm. Their marriages were arranged. Right. Right. They didn't have the choice in who who they would marry. They had to pay a humongous fee for that wife, you know, to the family. So they were in debt the whole time. I mean, they had all these different things right. that kept them from being happy. Mm -hmm. But it was interesting to me to learn how the Samoans were so happy because they knew how to take care of each other. So all the responsibilities did not cause them stress because they had the they they had the tools. They all knew how to do it and they could all share in it. They yeah. knew how to do it, they could share in it, they had the tools and nothing could come as a surprise really that would stress them out as much because they had already experienced all those things. Right. Really fascinating. That is, yeah. To me. Very. Yeah. I just thought I'd bring that up in case anybody was thinking that our kids are getting, you know, a little too uh, complacent with their iPads and YouTubes and stuff like that, not quite learning right. about how to learn, but learning how to ask Siri how to learn. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just in case anybody ever, mm-hmm. ever, you know, thought about that. I know when I was a kid, we used to go out to the fields and pick berries every now and then. It wasn't a regular thing, but mm-hmm. during berry season, we'd go out and pick a bucket full and we get to keep, you know, half of what we picked, yeah, that's great. you know, and we had, we had jobs early, but nowadays they have, uh, they have these iPads and, right. and now my, my son is doing a YouTube channel. Oh boy. Gabriel Gronich. <laughs> Gabriel Ryan Gronich is his YouTube channel. Go subscribe. He's collecting silver and, uh, and has five businesses. Nice. Nice. That's great. Pretty, pretty nice, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was going to school, mm-hmm. and the teacher asked him how they were feeling, how he was feeling. Uh-huh. He said angry. The teacher said, why, why are you angry? He said, he said, I have five businesses, and nothing you're teaching me is going to help me with one of them. <laughs> now, that is a six-year-old worth watching mm-hmm. right oh no kidding he's on fire he is he's, he's gonna do it he is gonna he's gonna rule the world one day which is really cool for me because yeah, you know cool. i get to watch and Absolutely. uh and hopefully be a good support right, right. yeah that's but right. i also get to feed him well so he has cognitive Absolutely. function right he's yeah. had no vaccines very good. I know there's a lot of controversy about vaccines. I'm not completely against them as a concept, but I think that they were really designed more to, to emulate um, homeopathics. Mm-hmm. And they kind of lost their way when they stopped putting them in little sugar pellets and started right. putting them in formaldehyde, mercury, and oh, yeah. thermite, and all That's kinds of other so stuff, bad. right? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, if, if you're if you're a, a vaccinating person and you would say, oh, he's an anti-vaxxer. Yes. Just so you know. But there's a reason why. Do you know, do you know all the reasons why you would never want your kids to be vaccinated with the current schedule and the current way of producing the vaccines? Just caveating. Well, number one. <laughs> That's a big subject for me. Um, I would first just say for people who are gung-ho on vaccines, you absolutely need to spread them out. Absolutely. Even even if you're going to do them, no matter what, no matter what anybody says, that's fine. But you should at least spread them out so your child isn't overloaded with a whole bunch of chemicals all at once. It's very bad for the body. Um, my daughter, actually, we are... I don't think you knew this part, but we're pretty well convinced that she has autism because of her vaccines. Um, she was tracking along normally till six months, and then she had five vaccines at once, which we were told was totally fine, totally normal. Um, and at the, at the time, no longer. Um, you know, we believed. We, the doctors know what they're doing. They're trained. They're well-trained, all of that. Now I say, you have to ask, is there something different, better, and more? But um, she was never the same after that. And so basically she had an underlying you know, issue going on. We didn't know about an immune issue. You put all that in a little baby and the body goes berserk basically because you know, it's trying to get rid of that, attack it. And so um, I, I kind of like you, I'll say, well, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but you have to be very 
on your own, you need to find out all about every bit of information you can about it. And does your kid really need it? And absolutely, no matter what, I, I want people to know they need to spread those apart. One vaccine at a time, that's it. Because if there's any issue going on underlying and you don't know about it, you're, you're going to know about it way too soon. And you're going to you'll find out if you do it one at a time, which one caused it. Absolutely. Right? Then you would know. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, if you don't mind me just putting this in here because we're talking about this, um, I want people to know this because people don't know this at all. So um, in about first grade then, um, they wanted to give my daughter the MMR booster because of, you know, school, at school. We said, absolutely not. She'll never have another vaccine ever. Um, but uh, we were working with this great doctor in California at the time. And he said, oh, all we need to do is a simple blood test, a titers test. Um, very simple, not, not much blood at all. So he checked her titers levels for that. Um, she was actually at 4,400% higher than what she should be. So had we gone ahead and gone along with, oh, let's give her this MMR booster, would have been even more de detrimental to her health. Um, but he said only 5% of kids actually need that booster that when they are tested actually need it. 95 don't, but they just give it to everybody, which to me is just pathetic, right? We're going to give it to 95% of kids who don't even need it. It's not right. It's kind of like um, quarantining 95% of a population that don't oh, need it. It's a lot like that, isn't it? <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. Oh but, my gosh. Uh, but that sounds sounds like a right. similar, you know, th these, these things are really all about one, you know, one size fits all, so to speak, Absolutely. solutions. And as we know, we are all snowflakes. And I don't mean that in the detrimental, you know, political way of calling people snowflakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean that in a way of, we are all unique. We are all, unique, right? all very individual. And what's good for me is not necessarily good for you. Absolutely. And definitely not at the same time. Yeah, no. Right. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's physiology is different. You know, there's so many factors. Everything, it's all multifactorial. And so you have to consider all of that. You can't just blanket everybody into the same thing. It doesn't, well, you can do it, but it doesn't turn out good. Right. But if we were to blanket people into the same thing, what would we do? <laughs> we would... Well. We would. <laughs> <laughs> we would probably want to vaccinate everybody because right. then we'd have everybody on the same playing field, right? Uh -huh, uh -huh. right? But what happens when somebody is is not, their body can't handle the same thing as somebody else's? We all know the person who could eat 50,000 McDonald's hamburgers and stay skinny. Right. And somebody else drives by McDonald's and will get they're gaining some weight. Get fat, you know, just by driving <laughs> Absolutely. by the place, right? You know, so yeah. this is just, this is just like it's a discussion to help get everybody on the same page. Is but it's the same page as your page, Absolutely. your individual page, not the same page that everybody else is right. on, but the same, the page you need to be on yourself, right? Absolutely. Yeah, because everyone is different. Every physiology is different. Every, you know, my mind works different than yours. My gut works different than yours. You know, everything is different because 
<laughs> and so you can't treat the snowflakes the same. You can't you treat the can't snowflakes the same. Treat the snowflakes the same. This goes, this goes for <laughs> politics as well as food. Yeah, absolutely. As well as medicine. Yeah, right? for sure. But how do we get the, the you know, how do we get that to be a system systemizable thing? Because we all know that everybody needs to systemize everything, mm, right? right? So how do we get that to be a systemizable thing? Especially if doctors aren't allowed, you know, really to meet with you for more than seven minutes. Oh my gosh, right? How long does it take for you to do an assessment as a nutritionist? Um, I mean, it would depend on the person and what they've got going on. But on average, forty-five minutes, an hour. You know, as a as a first, you know, if somebody's got a lot of stuff going on, yeah. Oh, I mean, that could it, 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 you would first address the few things going on, and then you would need to revisit and you know address more if somebody has a lot of things going on. So you could spend hour and a half, two hours. I mean, it could end up being three or four hours. I mean you know, to really get in depth and see what's really going on. Right. Is that happening? Not in most cases. Is your doctor taking an hour and a half to two hours to really find out what's going on? And I don't want this to be like I'm bashing doctors because frankly, uh, I think doctors are heroes that really deserve a lot of medals for their courage because they've decided to go into a system that literally threatens them if they don't do medicine the way of the insurance and the, and the, way, company, and the way of the yeah, pharmaceutical companies. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's this moral hazard, that moral trauma, moral uh, hazard that, that doctors are going through because mm -hmm. they, they're looking at, at the world going, I... I I just want people to be healthy. I want to. I want to treat and take care of people. Right. And the system is not letting me do that. So, you know, I always go back to the old medicine men and medicine women, and the doctors in the olden days. They would do these things that are unheard of, called house calls. What? <laughs> they would show up at your house. Right. They would spend time watching you live right. sometimes a week and then they would get an idea of what it was in your environment in your lifestyle in what you were doing that right. was causing the problem and eventually they would be able to then solve that problem right right mm -hmm. absolutely but so, the doctor of today is shuttle you in shuttle you out and they have a lot of information and they are trained well, but they don't have all the information. And they aren't trained on everything because they're trained in their realm, which is primarily pharmaceuticals, et cetera, right? And so, you know, they, they absolutely have a very important job and they, they are heroes and do so many great things, but they have their own realm. And then there's a lot more to health and wellness that they just don't cover. Right, so you wouldn't want to go to a foot doctor, for instance, if you had a brain tumor and you don't want to go to a doctor if you have an issue with nutrition, just like you wouldn't go to a doctor for pain because of a weakness or an accident who would only be able to give you a medication, right? Right. Yeah. 
versus going to a therapist of some sort, chiropractor, right. physical therapist, massage therapist, mm -hmm. personal trainer, who actually deals with injuries and, of, and yeah. why they occur, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So just, just kind of get the note. We've started doing things backwards. Right. We're not doing things the right direction. Absolutely. Because we're looking for this fast, you know, fast pill solution versus right. a lifestyle solution versus a way of living solution. Right. And by doing that, what's happened is it takes a really long time to lose weight now because you're literally getting big and then small and then big and then small and then big and then small and then big and then big. And every time you get big, you get a little bit bigger. And every time you get small, it's a little less small, right? Right. And it takes a really long time because you go from fast pill to fast pill to fast right. pill to from fast solution yeah. to fast solution versus just taking a look at Get, let's get rid of the fads. Let's get rid of the concepts. Let's just right. go back to what was working for the last couple hundred thousand years. Right. Yeah. Or if you're religious, the last 2,000 years. Right. <laughs> 6,000 years. Right? Mm -hmm. What was working mm -hmm. then is probably going to work better for our system. And what wasn't, what isn't working now probably isn't going to work better in the future, like pesticides right. and processed yeah, foods. And not. those things are not, our bodies are not ready for that no. at this no. moment, right? Right. You, you, can, you can detoxify and get rid of so much, but only so much, right? And if you're constantly putting more and more in and on your body, yeah, you're not, you're not able to detox all of that and get rid of it. Yeah. Let's talk about makeup and lotions and hair care products and cosmetics as well and how they play a role in ill health inflammation etc right so those are full of again neurotoxins phthalates um all, all kinds of bad chemicals um many of them like the average woman puts 175 or something chemicals on in and on her body every single day between all her makeup and lotions and you know everything and there's lots of natural natural alternatives out there you know there's several you can make your own with different essential oils things like that or you know there's readily available whole foods sprouts stores like that you can find lots of more natural products you know yeah or we have a friend who has uh, naked beauty yeah absolutely right so yeah, people could perfect. go to naked beauty and mm -hmm. get all kinds oh, yeah. of and that's, amazing well, that's products some really good stuff yeah yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, these are the things that, that we we recommend. I'm gonna we're gonna end this episode because I think it's been a really great episode so been far. Great. Thank you. And I'd like to end it on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> so so give the audience three things that they are that's actionable, doable, easily available, ready for them that they can do right now so that they can create a new tomorrow today for their own health and vitality. Okay, so number one I go with, if you're not taking a good pre and probiotic, do that. It can either be in the, the pill form, a good one, or some, you can go out and get you a bag of sauerkraut if you don't wanna make any, um, kombucha, kimchi, any of those. So in any realm of that to get your good gut bacteria going better. 
Um, number two would be that cutting off or down on the sugar refined carbs because that's going to help. Number one, those feed the, the bad gut bacteria. So you're feeding, having a big feeding frenzy in there um, and they squelching down the good. So those kind of go together, but they're different. So cutting out that sugar and refined carb, really important. Um, and the other thing, it's hard to narrow it to three, but um, stress is a huge cause of mass amounts of illness for people. So um, that chronic stress piece, um, do something to lessen your stress, okay? So whether that's you're going to meditate even five minutes, you're going to just put on music you love and listen to it. You're going to, you're feeling, you know, totally stressed out. You're going to look in your environment. You're going to look around to see something pretty, see something enjoyable. What do, you, what do you feel? Can you feel something that can distract you and calm you down? You know, you want to use the senses and engage the senses to get calmed down a little bit. So those are a few. Um, just, you know, easy things people can do to add in that will actually make a big difference. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Kelly. And uh, you have a new book? I do. I have a new book out. I'm super excited about it. Mind, Mind Your Gut. Your Gut. Let's see if we can get this to pixelate properly. Many connotations to it. Minding Your Gut. Yes. Yes. Give, give a little bit about what this book is about and what they'll, what people will get from, from reading it and then how they can go about finding it and finding you if they want to learn more. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Um, so, you know, it's minding your gut, powering up your immune system, your stress resilience, and your mental wellness through your gut brain. So that whole gut brain piece, um, which is very important. Um, I talk about the... The, pro the problem with chronic stress, anxiety, depression. Um, I talk a little bit about science in the book so people know, like, what is it all about and why should I care? Um, but then I make it very relatable with some stories. Um, and so, and it has some great actionable tips as well that people can use um, for awesome. de-stressing. So, yeah. Um, they could go to mindyourgutbook.com to find the book itself, you can order on there if you want to. Um, you can definitely read just a little bit more about the book and the journey and how it came came to be. Um, or it is also available on Amazon now. Awesome. Anywhere else that if they want to get to a hold of you, they can find um, you on social media. Or... So my website is manifestnaturalwellness.com. And um, I, I do have a Facebook group too, which is a it's on the back of this. It is Stress Busters, Inc. And um, they can get a hold of me that way. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shelly, for being here. And this has been another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. We are here to create a new tomorrow today, give you the actionable steps to do that. Go check out my book as well, anewtomorrow.com. Or, or uh, it's createanewtomorrow.com, or you could go to Amazon and find it there. It'll give you actionable steps on how you can live your most passionate life today. So thank you so much for being here, Kelly. Thank I you. really appreciate it. And appreciate look forward to, uh, to seeing you, you know, in your book, get more publicity, get out there more. And uh, that way we can create much more of an impact on the world. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. We want to change the world. Change the world. And again.
to the governors, the senators, the politicians that are hiding behind their lobbyists. We're coming for you. Do the right thing. Make the world a healthier place today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate all you do to create a new tomorrow for yourself and those around you. If you'd like to take this information further and are interested in joining a community of like-minded people who are all passionate about activating their vision for a better world, go to the website, createanewtomorrow.com and find out how you can be part of making a bigger difference. I have a gift for you just for checking it out and look forward to seeing you take the leap and joining our private paid mastermind community. Until then, see you on the next episode.